0: Change is never easy, but with the right motivation, anything is possible. I'm Oli Giu.
1: And I'm Sheikha Valtor, and this is Pidge a podcast from the Private Infrastructure Development Group.
0: Pidge finances innovative infrastructure projects in sub-Saharan Africa and South and Southeast Asia.
1: Our motivation? To combat poverty, to celebrate equality, and to protect our environment.
0: Over the course of this podcast series, we'll be meeting the people whose lives have been changed by our work and the people at the forefront of delivering this much needed action.
1: Our first two episodes will tackle issues of climate and gender, but today we're starting with an explanation of who we are.
2: Hi, this is Philippe Vallahu, CEO at the Private Infrastructure Development Group.
0: There's none better than Philippe to kick us off. Established now for nearly 20 years with over $4 billion committed, Pidge has impacted the lives of over 200 million people. We started by asking Philippe how infrastructure improves the lives of the world's poorest communities.
2: From creating jobs to helping build communities, sustainability support, to building local capacity and capability. And and when I think about this, there's a statistic that always comes to mind. And that is the, the percentage of clinics in Sub-Saharan Africa, for example, that have access to regular electricity. And that statistic today is approximately three out of four that do not have access to a regular source of electricity. And that, that, that is a shocking number and highlights the impact that infrastructure can have in sectors that one does not necessarily think of when thinking about infrastructure.
1: And it's not just the shock of clinics going without electricity. Over a billion people still lack access to electricity at all.
2: In Africa alone, the statistic is close to five or 600 million, which is enormous when you think about it. And if you add to that over 2 billion people who lack access to basic sanitation, and then in some cases you may add political instability or conflict zone, that is the fundamental problem that uh, we are trying to deal with.
0: Philippe says, when you look at the numbers, the scale of the poverty affecting these communities makes for grim reading.
2: Two billion people live on less than $3.20 per day. 730 million live on less than $1.90 a day. I think that's why I believe that the work is critical. And and when you think about the fact that 50% of our projects are located in what we call the fragile and conflict-affected states.
1: Less than $1.90 per day... Well, thankfully, historic barriers to infrastructure projects in these countries are beginning to fall down. But that's not to say the work is finished. When you look at the reasons why PIDGE was set up 20 years ago, they're still as valid today as they were back then.
2: Indeed. And there are a number of barriers, many of which we we have been trying to address for the past 19, 20 years and which we continue to address through our various interventions. And these can range from a limited supply of long-term foreign currency financing, but equally a lack of well-developed local capital markets and local currency financing options. And then that leads, of course, to an absence of bankable projects that are being developed. And so the the difficulties in attracting other forms of capital to the table. And in some cases, not always, but in some cases, you have limited government capacity to support the development of publicly originated infrastructure projects. And that all adds up.
0: And it's in the way that PIDGE operates which enables it to overcome these issues
2: I think it does when you when you look at how page is set up and it's quite unique in that respect it's one of the 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 few or the only institution really that covers through its various entities the full life cycle of an infrastructure project from the upstream development to the financing and then operational management of that asset and so if you look at the various financial products that are provided by page we cover the full capital structure and so combining this with the fact that we operate at the frontier, both in Sub-Saharan Africa and South and Southeast Asia. That, that is the, the uniqueness, I think, that we can bring to the table.
1: Pidge launched its new five-year strategy just two years ago, an ambitious plan with four key areas.
2: Page is, when you look at it, it's about operating at the frontier, be that through the lens of geographies, sectors, products, or standards when I describe the strategy, it's therefore about looking through those lenses. It's around scale, it's around replicability, it's around affordability, and it's around transformation. And so for us, when I look at uh, replicability, for example, which is a key component of that strategy, it means that we will focus on projects that can be replicated not only by ourselves in the future, but by our partners or even others. So through initial development of small-scale private projects, the use of innovative replicable models be they financial or technology based we want to ensure that the transaction costs are reduced and growth is achieved at an increased speed through economies of scale so the replicability for me is a fundamental shift in how we may have looked at things in the past where we might have done a project here and a project there but now we are ensuring that the outset it is a project that can be replicated within countries or in neighboring countries as well to achieve those economies of scale that we're trying to achieve
0: One of those key areas, affordability, is of particular importance.
2: That is critical. Anything that we are going to be financing or developing has to be affordable to the poor, to the end users with whom we work. So when we are developing a project in the water sector and internally doing our due diligence and reviewing them closely with support from our development impact team, affordability is a criteria that we look at very, very closely. So that when we are delivering, for example, off-grid solutions or mini-grid solutions, at an early stage, we are going to want to make sure that those are going to be affordable to the end-users, to the people that we're trying to target.
1: So who are the end-users? Well, through its work, Pidge is supporting a number of exciting and impactful projects.
2: We have a project that we've been working on for a year now, providing renewable energy through mini grids spread across the country. And we're talking about Sierra Leone in hundreds of locations. And this is in places where people have never had access to electricity. And if they did, through other sources, it was very expensive or a dirty form of electricity. We're developing a water project in Vietnam. And and the list goes on. There's a ferry service on Lake Victoria. There's an irrigation project in uh, Senegal. A whole list of projects that, that will make and continue to make a difference.
0: Now, here's a subject that we're all feeling the effects of, coronavirus. Philippe says the work of Pitch has become especially critical during the pandemic.
2: The provision of infrastructure will be key as countries strive to uh, restore their economies. And by maintaining economic activity in the most critical areas of society and providing jobs to those affected by the pandemic, we hope as Pitch to play an active role in the uh, recovery. So whether it's about clinics or the delivery of health services, you need basic infrastructure behind it. And it comes back to the point I made earlier on the percentage of clinics in Sub-Saharan Africa that have reliable access to power. So it is about innovation and it is about thinking and linking it also to climate. It's about sustainability, it's about job creation, and also working very closely with the communities that are affected as we have tried to do in the early stages of this pandemic.
1: But despite the difficulties the world has faced, there has been a silver lining to this pandemic, and it comes down to digitization.
2: Many countries on the African continent in which we work a decade ago were able to leapfrog, as it were, the telecommunications sector by skipping the, the move to landlines and moving very quickly to mobile telecommunications, as we had done in, in Europe and in North America for over 100 years. I think there is an opportunity here in a number of areas following the the pandemic and a realization that we need to do things different and we need to do things better, that we can leapfrog some other technologies resulting in massive savings for the countries in which we operate.
0: Philippe Bellahou, CEO of Pitch, speaking to us there. Now, we've only scratched the surface of this work, and this is simply an introduction to the private infrastructure development group.
1: In one of our early episodes, we'll be discussing gender equality, a high priority area for Pidge. And up next, we discuss our impact on development and climate change coming soon.
0: You've been listening to Pidge Pulse. You can find our podcast on all the major platforms. Please like and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. I'm Oli Giu.
1: And I'm Sheikha Vorto. Thanks for listening.